It is Brian Scalabrini. It's the big baller, baby. Fogasol. It is the Kevin Matumbo. This is Hugh Jackson. This is Pete Rose. And you are listening to Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another exciting episode of Down to the Wire here on Wildcats 91.9. My name is Paxton Gordon. Hope you're all having a fantastic day today. It is a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is day two officially of free agency for the National Basketball Association. And then, boy, oh boy, might as well just rename it to free agency for the Lakers because... Every so often, there is an update saying the Lakers have signed this player, the Lakers have signed this player, the Lakers have re-signed this player, and have so far been the quote-unquote winners of free agency for what feels like the second year in a row. But before we get to the Lakers, Jasmine, I'm joined, of course, sorry, Jumped that gun there on a little bit there for my co-host. Jasmine is in the co-pilot seat today. Jasmine, how are you doing? I am doing great, Paxton. It's been a good day, although the Lakers (laughs) have been... uh, Has it really been a good day for you? I mean, I've just been chilling. Uh huh. So all I got to do is watch TV, prepare for the show, and then go home. Go. <laughs> that's that's literally my day. So it's not exactly awful, mm-hmm. if I do say so myself. <laughs> but uh, all these all this free agency news. I know it makes you sad. The Lakers. I know it makes you sad because the Mavericks have done jack diddly squat. True, but I'm not even mad at that. The whole, that's, You're not. Actually, I'm gonna blame the Lakers oh, for that. Oh, you're gonna blame honestly. the Lakers. Just a tidbit, just a tidbit but. We'll get more on that, I'm sure, because I'll have some things. Yes, because, of course, as you again just have we've alluded to, it is basically Lakerland signings all throughout free agency. Yesterday it started with a slew of veteran signings, as we reported a couple days ago. Many veterans were interested in the services, or the Lakers were interested in many of the veteran services throughout the NBA, so they went out and they got Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, and brought back Dwight Howard, which was a good, solid start. Yeah. Went out, it was a solid start, and then from then on, they kind of just went uh, a wee, just a smidge, you know, nothing too extreme, but they did go a little crazy from that point on. They brought they, they did. They brought in Kent Bazemore after we went off the air. Today they signed Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, brought back Taylor Horton Tucker, and also brought in Kendrick Nunn, stole Kendrick Nunn basically from the Heat, even though the Heat rescinded their qualifying offer to said Kendrick Nunn, but they went off the haywire in terms of free agency and have signed a very formidable team that, on paper, 
is quite scary because they now hold all the Infinity Stones to make a good basketball team. They per- they still have good defense. They still have a lot of very, very good defenders. They have great scores in the paint. They have slashers. They have good pick-and-roll players. You know what they have now that we've been criticizing for millennia? Would that be, what is it, Jasmine? Shooters! They now have shooters. Ding, spacing. ding, ding. They have shooters. The shooters they brought in this season. Wayne Ellington, Carmelo Anthony, Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk, all shot over 40% from the three-point line last season. Oh, and by the way, Kendrick Nunn, who they brought in, averaged 14 points a game last year on 38% shooting from the three-point line. Yep. Talk about a kind of a steal, in my opinion, bringing in Kendrick Nunn on a two-year deal that shouldn't break the bank. It'll, it'll of course, absorb most of their, what is it, their mid-level exception tax-wise with them bringing in uh, Kendrick Nunn and Taylor Horton Tucker. But other than that, this team is putting together a quite formidable offseason for the second offseason in a row. Look, man, <laughs> I don't want to be that person, uh-huh. but I hate this <laughs> so damn much. Uh-huh. There is, like, no reason to even have a regular season. Uh-huh. You just go ahead and start the finals in October with the Nets you're already, you're and already the Lakers. Okay, Seeds <laughs> two through eight don't mean nothing uh-huh. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing congratulations you number two in the west congrats you number two in the east so go home that's it you maybe you might do well in five you know you may get like a gentleman's sweep they give you one uh-huh. game all right if you lucky and you really trying to get with it maybe maybe you'll get to six Okay. You're throwing the towel in already? Uh, yes, because that's this is no fun. I hated this when the Nets did it last year, and I hate it now because the Lakers are doing it. It is <laughs> I hate it so darn much because there's like unless you're too unless your favorite team is the Lakers or the Nets, I feel like a lot of people just like this just sucks. This sucks. This just really, <laughs> really sucks because there's almost no point. There really is a barring injury. It's just it's just a done deal. There's no reason to have any regular season, maybe an all-star game to have everybody else who aren't on the on the damn Nets or Lakers uh-huh. get a shot, okay? <laughs> then that's it. It's just I don't like it. Come on. You're throwing, I hate it. You're I throwing, absolutely hate it. You're throwing in the towel it. already. And I yes. get it. And I get it because this really just – Harkens back to the Miami Heat days when they just kept bringing in player after player like after bra- player. Really? I really do. Yes, because now they have four a future Hall of Famers on each team. <laughs> on each damn team. And then the Lakers added a good young core just to their damn bench. They yeah. did Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, then Kendrick Nunn was just some icing on the damn cake because mm-hmm. he was an undrafted rookie but started for, like, a finals-playing team in the Heat and was still pretty good last season, even though the Heat were kind of disappointing. But, like, now he was a starter, and now he's on the bench. Okay. Like, he, he turned out a lot of money to play for this, like, a team because they know they're probably going to get a chip oh, cool. in these yeah. one or two years. One of these two years they are. Okay. And it's just I, – I don't like it, man. <laughs> I, I hate it so damn much because there's no point. Now, you brought up a very interesting point in terms of youth in the bench because – as Brian Windhorse will say today on the jump when breaking down this Los Angeles Lakers offseason, they have gotten quite old. And before we get on to the old part 
of the Lakers' new roster. Here is Brian Windhorst on, excuse me, the Lakers' free agency, which was when they talked to him earlier in the morning before Malik Monk, before Kendrick Nunn came in, and before they brought in Taylor Horton Tucker. They look old. <laughs> they are arguably going to be one of the oldest championship contenders we've ever seen. Um, they do say in the NBA you win with men and not boys, but they may want to try to get a couple of boys because uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is still out there. They've got to try to bring him back. Um, this is what LeBron wants. LeBron wants to play with guys he's familiar with and guys he trusts. That's what the Lakers are delivering him. They don't need any more home runs. They've got stars in place. But they need some singles. They may have started hitting a couple yesterday, but they need some more. So, before there was the, again, signings of Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, bringing back Taylor Horton Tucker, here was the age of the Los Angeles Lakers, barring people that they are, some of them are excluded because they have yet to be brought back, but they are going to be in here just in case. Carmelo Anthony is the oldest player on this team at 37. LeBron James, Mark Gasol, Trevor Ariza, Jared Dudley are both all 36. Dwight Howard, Wesley Matthews are both 35 and 34 respectively. Wayne Ellington is 33. Russell Westbrook is 32. And Kent Bazemore is also 32. So this is an extremely old team. Someone said they look like the Expendables. I <laughs> know, <laughs> and it does, because they're going of the mindset like they did back in 2019 when they won the chip. Experience over youth. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in Stevenson. They brought in Rondo, Dwight, JaVale McGee, people who had experience. And when it came to the bubble, experience is what mattered most. Yeah. And they proved it. Last year, they tried to go a little younger. Wesley Matthews, they brought in Montrez Harrell. They still kept Kyle Kuzma around. They tried to bring in some some youth and some vigor to this bench unit, and this team didn't work out so much for a slew of different reasons, not because of their age. So, you bring in Kendrick Nunn for a two-year deal, 26 years old. They bring, in, they bring back excuse me, Taylor Horton Tucker, 20 years old. And then, of course, Malik Monk, who's only been in the league for four years, signed a minimum, a minimum, for a very, very good player in Malik Monk, who's 23 years old. So, yes, they have a plethora of experience and age on this team, but now they've sprinkled in in a lot of key positions and a lot of really key players uh-huh. on the youth. Kendrick Nunn, who last year, yes, didn't have a good, strong season primarily because he was injured for a majority of the year. Let's not forget he did have a spell of uh, injuries. He did average 14.6 points per game last year in his second year. His first year, 15.3 points per game, shooting 35% from the three-point line in year one to 38% in year two. That is high-volume scoring with efficiency, specifically from the three-point line. And then Malik Monk. A four-year starter with with New Orleans. Not New Orleans. Excuse me. Charlotte with the Hornets. Yeah. Last year was his best year. 11.7 points per game, shooting 40% from the three-point line. He's been a career 39% shooter. Excuse me. 33.9% shooter from the three-point line. But every single year, it has gone up and up and up and up. So, more youth. A great floor spacer at the shooting guard position. Brings what you need. And then, of course, Taylor Horton Tucker, excuse me, Taylor Horton Tucker, 
their young, super young, the youngest player on this team at 20 years old, who a lot of fans really, really love, back on this team, signing a three-year, $32 million deal. So it's it's a ch- it's a big chunk of change they gave to Taylor Horton, Taylor oh, Horton is. Tucker. Nine points, only shot 28% from the three-point line, but young defensive like dog. He is he is somebody on the defense you don't want to mess with. But he's really good in the mid-range to paint area for somebody of his size as a shooting guard. So, yes, you bring in the old guys, but you, again, sprinkling youth where it is needed, and now this roster seems like maybe the best overall roster in all of NBA. Absolutely. Man, I got to say, Dennis Schroeder denying that $84 million Woof. contract is the best thing that could have happened to these Lakers. That's a good point. That's the best thing he could have done for the Lakers. Because now, like, look here, buddy, you now, you out in the cold. You re- they re- he really is. He, you out in the cold now, bro. They mm-hmm. got no need for you. Because you had to ask for $120 million. $120 million. Uh-huh. Maybe the NBA would not be in this position <laughs> if you would just... Sit down and eat your food yep. and get that 84 mil. Now, because of the cap situation that is going on, the Lakers still could potentially bring back Jared Dudley, Wesley Matthews. Um, if they do so desire, they still would have just a smidge left. for they, They'd have enough to bring him in just a little bit above the minimum. And I, I would think they would. With the way they're building these shooters and spacers, Jared Dudley is a great bench guy. Yeah. He's, just a, he's like the JaVale McGee last year with Denver. An energy dude who won't see a lot of playing time, but just brings it off the bench to keep you honest with yourselves. He's one of those guys who's grizzled. He's a veteran. He's going to tell it to you straight, and that's what every team kind of needs. Bring him back, of course. I think they're going to bring him back. Wesley Matthews was a big swing and a miss last year, but I think maybe bring him back on a redemption arc for one more season at the minimum. And then at this point, you already have great shooters or people that can shoot. So if it doesn't pan out, you just can wave I mean, him like, and see yeah, no financial what do you got to lose at that point? Mm-hmm. So adding everyone that y'all just added. Mm-hmm. Shoot, go crazy. Y'all already did. Don't care if you shoot well or shoot bad. That ain't going to hurt nobody. <laughs> of course, you have four Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and your starting five. And because possibly. of that, they still have the possibility of signing and trading away Dennis Schroeder to a team. The sign-and-trade can still be put into effect if they so desire to, which is a great move because then you bring even more talent in, depending on some team's desire for um, point guards at the moment, specifically teams like New Orleans, who desperately need a point guard yeah. really bad. They did bad. get Devontae Graham, though. They did, but come on. That's not like a headliner that you would want. Dennis Schroeder would be more of a headliner. True, true. In that opinion. Hey, before we get going, we're watching ESPN right now, and they just ranked the top five college towns ahead of their preseason polls. Really? Oxford, Mississippi, Ole Miss, is ranked number one of top five college towns. Um, um, I know ESPN has some bad takes. But I don't know about you, but Oxford, Mississippi does not intrigue me as a best college town. Hey, man, you know ESPN trying to shut down any Big 12 anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, we, you know <laughs> we are public enemy number yes. one and vice versa. Yes, all right? I, they I forgot. Don't, they don't give us no kind of nothing. I, I forgot. ESPN <laughs> keeps spewing all this misinformation about the Big 12 in basically every regard and... 
maybe that's why they left us out because I'm not going to lie. Manhattan. I mean, we've been voted a couple of times before as the best college town. I know. Why aren't we in there now? But that's beside the point. Sorry, I got on a little rant there. Just really. Starksville, Mississippi as well. Mississippi State and Ole Miss Uh, are up in these rankings. uh, Are you kidding me? Uh, okay, here we go. Okay. A little icky. But okay. I want you guys who are listening in to at me, at Paxton Sports on Twitter, at me your top five of college football towns. Do that. At P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. I will create a thread for it for you to reply in the comments. But I want you guys to list your top five college towns, your own ranking that you believe. And we will say at the end of the show what some of the people's opinions are. You can also tweet at uh, Jasmine's Twitter. Jasmine, what is your Twitter? It is Jay's Wittit. That is J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-It. Yes, tweet at her your top five college towns as well as mine at Paxton Sports, your top five college towns. But back to the Lakers. Oi. Back to the Lakers. This team really has brought in a bunch of floor spacers that are, like, really good. Carmelo Anthony, they brought him in. A lot of people may, like, scoff and go, Ugh, Carmelo I'm Anthony. I'm not scoffing. That's why I'm this man has This man has reinvented himself into a very lethal three-point shooter with his time in Portland. Going into his stint with Houston, he was shooting 32% from the three-point line in his lone season with Houston, which is very inefficient. Ever since becoming a trailblazer, he has shot both 38% the year prior, and then this season, 40% from the three-point line. Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony has turned in from a mid-range to in-the-paint type score to evolving his game as age goes on to be a three-pointer. They also bring in famous 3-and-D player Kent Bazemore. Old man Baze coming in from Golden State... To play with the Lakers, he can play shooting guard and small forward. Don't forget Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, and Malik Monk both shoot from the three-point line. There is, in my opinion, really no glaring hole, maybe other than some defensive liabilities in the second unit when you put Carmelo out there, maybe Malik Monk. But other than that, this team just seems to be all around as good or even better than their championship roster they won two years ago. I would agree. Like I, there's not many players that can lock up. I would, I believe, this starting five for the Lakers. I don't see anyone locking up AD <laughs> or Russell Westbrook or LeBron or even Carmelo Anthony. I don't see anyone consistently locking them up. And Brian said, "Hey, if I do lock up Carmelo, hey, what's up? Oh, great! Oh, look, LeBron! Oh, snap! There goes AD. Oh, Russ! Oh, with the with the breakaway dunk! Oh, damn it! Damn! That's." That's not going. I know uh, you're having a tough time. I'm having a really you know, tough and, time, and, and I get it. You know, your team made some really big moves. Some well, maybe not big moves, but made some splashes at the start of free agency, but has been relatively cool quiet since then, and it's been a little upsetting. So I'm going to let you use this time to air your grievances with what is going on with the Dallas Mavericks. Because remember, you said. Not a dumpster fire. No trouble whatsoever. But I have very pointedly pointed out dumpster fire behind the scene. Now, well, that's beside the point. Use this time vent away, lady. Man, Go on. it is not a dumpster 
fire, okay? Because they're going to get Luka back. He's going to sign his his multi-million contract deal after the Olympics. They've reported that before. After the Olympics are done, when he's done with his Olympic run, whenever that may be, they are going to sign him to a max deal. At first, it was going to be uh, $202 million for possibly four to five years, but maybe they'll alter that because uh, Trey Young got, what, two hundred and Seven. He got a two hundred mil, two hundred seven million a dollar contract. So maybe that might alter it a little bit to either get to the same or at least close to uh, Trey Young's uh, signing. But it is not a dumpster fire. Yes, I maybe wanted to add a little bit more new blood than previous, but we got this kid Moses Brown from OKC after trading Josh Richardson, and I think that's actually going to be what we're missing is another good big. Okay, and he was a he's a young big. He did really well in OKC. They're the dumpster fire, right? Okay, <laughs> so he did really well there. Then we got um, Bullock from the Knicks. Okay, so we have some good shooting coming in because he's a he's a good uh, three point shooter. And then, dang, who else did we? Reggie, get? did you actually you, we get got, Reggie uh, Bullock? Yeah, we. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, because right because you you tripping. were not as, you were a somewhat of a fan of the Reggie Bullock hiring, but you just were not as um, into you know, it. Missed. I got I got a C, and also Sterling Brown. We got Sterling Brown as well. I'm yes. also like, that's really Brown. Now, again. They're, but he's a shooter. I just don't know how great of a shooter because he doesn't <laughs> play that much. They Sterling. said he's 40%. And I'm like, okay, cool. But how much does he play to get that 40%? There you go. <laughs> you know? So. Now, Kawhi Leonard. Hooey. If you all didn't listen in to yesterday's show, there was a bet made. Jasmine is, is on board with the idea, but is saying it has really no faith in it actually happening. So we said... We, as an I, uh-huh. has said uh-huh. that there will be a punishment for Miss Jasmine Halliburton if Kawhi Leonard signs with the Mavericks to put a thorn in her side following her lackluster, not her lackluster, but her unapproval of Kawhi Leonard coming to the Mavericks when it's been so poignantly said that he is a real contention to possibly be joining the team. Now, this punishment, as I said for mine, when I did a punishment, was I'd shave my hair all the way off if the Bengals sign or drafted in the first round a tackle, not Penny Sewell. So, again, if Kawhi Leonard joins the Mavericks, punishment coming the way of Jasmine via Twitter. You can reach her at Jay's Wittit, that is at J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-I-T if you have a perfect punishment that we can do either live on air or via a Twitter video for her. I know you're so excited for Sir, anything that's going to happen. I was staring you down because <laughs> at first I was like, I was getting mixed feelings like, oh wait, did Kawhi say something about going to Dallas? Or like, oh wait, did someone, someone say something about a punishment? So I was getting really excited and really scared. <laughs> so I stared you the hell down without a single blink until you finished what you were saying. So, okay. I'm breathing normally again. Because this man done played me for a good 15 seconds. I did. I did. I got her all, I got her all hyped up and, Look, and ready to die. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> you ready to <laughs> like this? Like, I would have burned a hole through the back of your head. I know. With how you, I was staring you down, You guys sir. really can't see it at the moment, and we're looking to actually maybe possibly put up a Facebook live feed. Become hip and popular with the kids. In the Facebooks? In the Facebooks or the Twitter kind of stuff. But she was giving me the death stare. Oh, damn straight. Like, just through the eyes, it I was, was. Like, I was getting excited. We like, wait, Kawhi Dallas? Ain't no, ain't no way. And then other people like, who done said some dumb stuff to make me do as a punishment? So, so again, you will. it all depends Ooh, on if Kawhi joins the Mavericks. So, there is some leeway in this 
punishment, quote unquote. So if it does it'd be cool. again, it'd be cool. Again, but it ain't gonna happen. Send your punishments to at Jay's witted at J A Y S W I T I T on Twitter with your suggestions for punishments if and only if Kawhi Leonard decides to join the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, you know why no one's going to send in their punishment? Because they know uh-huh. that's probably not going to happen. Ah, the, the, she has no faith None. in I, the... it'd, be, it'd be awesome. It really, really would. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. But. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen? Not optimistic? I really don't. Well, we will see. Anyway, this is Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during the Sports Talk Hour, 6 to 7 every single day of the week, leading up to August 23rd when school comes back and I depart towards the rolling hills as we let the new young children come in. But you still have me around, so that means we now push it off to everyone's favorite segment here on a Tuesday. Celebrity birthday. I know we've been we've been kind of messing it up and and not doing it. There's just been a lot of news going on, and sometimes my brain does just not not let me get to it. So we start off with the goat himself, Tom Brady, turns 44. The old man still playing at a top level, winning last year's Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and still has. Much more time to do. It is Nade Shot's birthday. Happy birthday to one Nade Shot, most notably known for his Call of Duty League records and being one of the best Call of Duty League players ever, as well as starting up 100 Thieves, the esports organization that you see all over the esports industry. It is James Hetfield's birthday today, the co founder of Metallica. Whoa. Happy birthday to him. He turns 58 today. Can you believe that? Turns looks good for 58. That he Not does. gonna lie, Metallica's been out for a while. And they've been doing some some good stuff. It is still doing D. Stuff? They are. Wow. <laughs> I know. It is D. Ram's birthday today. The rapper turns 33. Happy birthday to D. Ram. You might know him both for his hit single, the Cha Cha, as well as Broccoli. If I remember correctly, off the top of my head, he was a part of. Well, there was a couple people part of that. So maybe. That's also true. But I remember him being a part of that. As well, Michael Ely was part. Uh, has a birthday today. He's 48. You might know him in the breakthrough role in 2002 Barbershop, as well as Seven Pounds, Watching God, and Too Fast, Too Furious. Seven Pounds, sad movie. Sad movie. Once, never again. <laughs> never again. A little too sad for you. Very much. <laughs> Baby cry. Nah, I was a child. Isaiah Washington turns 58 today. You actually best know him for. Grey's Anatomy. What? He was in Grey's Anatomy as well as he being. He died, the didn't go- he? Everyone dies in that oh, yeah, show. Yeah, of course, everyone dies. And he, I believe he did die as well. Which episode he died in? I have no clue. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy because everyone dies, and I just be really upset and getting really <laughs> attached to the characters. And I don't feel like having that type of sadness in the, me. The emotional connection to them. Hey, and it's all I know good. I get connected. It's all good. It is Todd Gurley's birthday today. He turns 27. With his arthritis-filled knees. It's rough out there. Rough out there for one Todd Gurley, once being the highest paid running back in all of football, to then being cut and traded because, again, his knees just kept giving way. 
and he couldn't. That's rough, man. That's really rough because there's nothing you can do about that. Really, there's nothing you can there, do there about really, arthritis. There, there really is. Arthritis is one of those things where you can't just like write it off or. That's bone on bone, people. <laughs> As our local, what would you be? Uh, not a physician, but our local. Kinesiology. There you go. Bachelor's degree. <laughs> That's right. That is what she is. She knows all about injuries and arthritis specifically. Specifically, so if you got those problems, go to her. Uh, d- Don't go to her. Go to her. Well, Don't like, go to her. I mean, if, yes or if no. we're talking about like that black market money, sure, come on down. <laughs> I'll like, rub some dirt on and get you out the way. That'll be 40 grand. <laughs> there you go. In the baseball world, it is Mark Reynolds' birthday today. He turns 38. It is Matt Joyce's birthday as well. Happy birthday to Matt Joyce and Mark Reynolds. They both turned 38 and 37 respectively. In the basketball world, Kendrick Nunn turns 26. Would you look at that? And then Trayvon Duvall turns 23 today. Happy birthday to both of them. And that'll do it for another exciting episode of Celebrity Birthdays here on Wildcat 91.9. How about we talk about the Eastern Conference? For Ooh, once, okay. Because the Eastern Conference hasn't gotten much love, and the as the Western Conference, outside of two teams, and I want you to be in on this conversation with me. Kendrick Perkins was on Sports Center earlier today, talking about who in the Eastern Conference has been winners so far in NBA free agency. So here is Mr. Kendrick Perkins on who he believes in the Eastern Conference is a winner from free agency. It, 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 guess what, Matt? Look, I love Lonzo Ball to the Bulls, but them goons, them goons from Dade County, they back waiting in that dark alley with their ski masks on, and they ready to stick up any team in the Eastern Conference, and that includes the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers. I thought they did a great job by going out and get Kyle Lowry, a guy that could take the pressure off of Jimmy Butler, a guy that now could put Bam out of the Bayou in position to be successful. Signing back Duncan Robinson and locking in Jimmy Butler for long term. And then going out and get a rough rider, NBA champion, and P.J. Tucker. You look at these goons from Dade County, the Miami Heat, they arguably could have the best defensive team in the league next year because they have one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the game in Eric Spolscher. In my opinion, the biggest winner in the East was the Miami Heat, them goons from Dade County. You know, I'd agree with him. At the start of yesterday's free agency, bringing in Kyle Lowry, awesome. Resigning Duncan Robinson, cool. They just signed Markeith Morris this offseason, also good, good step. It's just... When you're in the same division where the Chicago Bulls are just making waves after waves after waves of impactful signings, Lonzo Ball is on this team. Thomas Sadoransky essentially is on this team, but he was in a potential sign-in trade that brought Lonzo over or brought him over to the New Orleans Pelicans side, but it seems like that has gone through. You sign Alex Caruso, a really good depth defensive backup point guard. You then today, today, sign DeMar DeRozan. That put it over the top. DeMar DeRozan is now officially a member 
of one Chicago Bulls. What an absolutely mind-blowing, not decision, but just offseason this Bulls team has had following a very productive NBA trade line last season, bringing in Nikola Vucevic to help Zach Levine. How do you feel, and again, before we get to your opinion on Chicago, do you agree that the Heat won, or is there a different team out of the Eastern Conference that we should have been noted as a winner in free agency? Foo, man. It's... It's the it's kind of even for me with the Bulls and Miami. I feel they're both winners, and the only loser here, I would have to say, is Kobe White. Probably, he's probably the only loser. Being like what his second year this past season, his second year mm-hmm. uh, at the at guard position. But of course, then you get uh, Lonzo Ball, and then Alex Caruso, and now you got Demar Derozan. Even though he's like a power forward or just a shooting forward. This now they they gonna bury this poor boy on the bench, <laughs> and he was playing really really well for them. He was. So I was like, he's the only loser here. But shoot, man, it's tough to go against the Bulls. Yeah, it's it's tough going. I feel like it's gonna be tough going against the Bulls. Yes, but like I said before, seeds two through eight don't matter. <laughs> it still don't. Matter. I know you. I know you say that, but this Bulls roster. Now begins with Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and then, yeah, we got to really start to figure out and fill out who's going to be playing the power forward position because that's kind of the one of the, if not the only big question marks. I mean, Christian Feliciano is listed as one of their, as a, oh my God, you know who I forgot was on this team? Lori Markinen! Yep. Lori freaking Markinen has a is a restricted free agent who could be given a qualifying tender via the Chicago Bulls. So this roster could have Lonzo Ball, who is coming off a career season. DeMar DeRozan, who, yeah, he's not the same as he was with Toronto. Because he never wanted to play with the Spurs. No, but <laughs> he now is doing a team that he wants to play for in Chicago. Maybe, just maybe... He revives his career. You will now have Zach Levine, who is the star of said Bulls team. Zach Levine averaging last season, if I can pull it up quickly here, 27.4 points per game in a Bulls uniform. They then traded for Nikola Vucevic, who is an awesome center to have. And then on top of that, you have, yes, Lori Markinen is not the name he once was I believe it was two seasons ago where he averaged, oh my gosh, i got to find it here. Gosh darn it, I had it pulled up and now I don't have it pulled up. Blasted jimmies. Where last year, I have it now, it's okay, (laughs) he was averaging 14.7 points per game. In 2018-2019, 18.7 points per game. If he can get back on the level of 2018-2019 Laurie Markkinen, this team is a scary team in the East. Or could become a scary team in the East because... That roster construction is very huge. It's like with the Pistons. Really good first steps. Now they've taken the really good first steps of signing Lonzo Ball and have exploded in DeMar DeRozan, bringing in Alex Caruso. And now this team has gone from bottom to middle to now upper middle to maybe top echelon. And again, an Eastern Conference that the last couple of years on the bottom end, hasn't been as strong as people keep saying the Eastern Conference is. Yeah. It is, I mean, because the, like, the Eastern Conference 
it's been recycling the same four teams at the top four <laughs> seats. That's pretty much what it has been yeah, the you're past right. several yeah, years. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so for this to kind of shake things up, that's that's great. That is really great, especially for the Heat, because they've also been kind of that bottom, middle-ish tier. They have not been top four seeds really mm-hmm. all that much. So this is great for the Eastern Conference. Um, I Look, my mind won't change. Two through eight still doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, Maybe they'll make it interesting. On, they'll make it on. interesting. There's no okay. way you do not believe that. For a championship I know. this year. But, like, I get it. But you can't be saying sitting there two, anything below two is a bust because you almost had you had a Hawks team that was on a tear. Yeah. You had a Hawks team that was on a tear. Do you think that Hawks team would have been on that same tear if they had to face the Nets in the Eastern Conference Final if it wasn't for KD's like toe being on the line? Do you still think they would have been a tear? I think so. That team was one of the hottest teams in the playoffs. Going into the playoffs as well. You can't you cannot just discredit momentum. Oh, well, I'll never discredit momentum. No, they did a fantastic, fantastic job getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Final because I did not think no, they no. would make it that far. Not even They looked like bit. they were dead in the water when I they brought in Nate McMillan. Shoot, I thought I didn't even know they was at five at first, and I was just like, <laughs> wait, is that the, like, what are they doing in the playoffs? Is this, is this a mistake? Is this a misspelling? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought this was, but I'm like, I'm not going to discredit none of that. I am just saying this, a fully healthy Nets team where uh, James Harden, Kyrie, and KD play more than 13 games together. Mm -hmm. They play a whole season (laughs) together, and then Blake Griffin, a whole season. They now got uh, Patty Mills as well. So tell me I'm wrong, bro. Tell me I'm wrong. You know, again, it. I know it shouldn't matter because the Nets are going to come back full healthy, but... I just don't want to just push it to the side because you see these Eastern the Heat making really good moves. True, they locking true. up their they're locking they're good for a push with a very defensive oriented monster that has Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Markeith Morris, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo on their team. So defensively, awesome pairing. And then you also have the Hawks who are still coming off of a great season, re-signing Nate McMillan to a four-year extension, removing the interim tag. And then also still keeping together a lot of the core players. Yeah. And then at the same time, you have the Chicago Bulls making such a heavy push this offseason. We can't really just keep, we can't do that tooth, you know, the last couple teams past Nets, Bucks don't matter because they should matter because the move that they are making this offseason has appointed them eye-opening attention that we need to keep them in consideration when going into the playoffs. You're right. You're right. We all we got to look out for them. They're, they're going to make a great push for like a high-end seed in the playoffs. Do not get me wrong. They're going to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's a battle to get to the Eastern Conference Final. <laughs> well, to get there. I mean, the same thing as we can say with the Western Conference it's, and, and I'm well. Yeah, it's going to be just a battle to get to the Western Conference Final. <laughs> And if you're not the Lakers or the Nets, I mean, loop, like, whoop de doo you're going to surprise me, especially you, if everyone's healthy. Barring injury, everyone mm-hmm. healthy, because I never like to see injuries. I, of course, especially no, star does. players, I hate it. and Because I, I want to see everyone at their best, fully at their best, really get competitive. But no one's injured. I just don't see anything else happening. I really, really don't. I just you know, and I and I I don't want to have that same mindset because I, I, I kind of am on the same track as you. With When you look at Maybe a free agency ended today. And you sit there and you look at what the Lakers did and the Nets bring him back. You sit there and be, damn, 
this is going to be a one tough battle because the Lakers got substantially better on paper. Again, on paper, they got better. The Nets are still the Nets. Kyrie's coming back. Harden's coming back. Hopefully all healthy. That's a monstrous trio together. And I and I believe that that they'll probably be the teams going to the finals next season if everyone stays healthy. And every move that the Lakers did and all the moves and the health of the Nets stays together and intact, that's what I see. I just, this, this offseason, have seen the moves that a lot of teams have done in the Western Conference, but primarily in the Eastern Conference, to get better, where I cannot unfortunately de facto sit there and say, yeah, it's Nets all the way. Because some of these teams have found, potentially, really great signings that can take them over the hump. Just like as I said with the Bulls, that's a starting five lineup that can score in any which way. And what the Nets what's the Nets' biggest problems? Defense. Defense yeah. And if you got somebody who can't defend down low, boom, Vucevic is gonna tie you up. Zach Levine's gonna you break you, you down. You don't think uh, Blake Griffin might be able to at least do a little bit of defense? Hell. You think Vucevic is gonna tear up? Oh Blake yeah, Griffin? dude, you kidding me? Blake Griffin? He's you know, maybe he picks it up this year, but I've never been a believer in the Blake Griffin hype train defensively. You know he's gonna That's he's fair. gonna That's be fair. there. He's gonna he's gonna put up a good battle. But Vucevic is clearly the better offensive-minded big man out of those two. I definitely agree, but I also think because I think they're going to do the same thing they did in the in like in during the season last year because they were still adding players in the middle of the season. I still yep, think yep, they're they're, they're seeing what the Lakers did. This is purely a battle between the Lakers and the Nets before even touch the floor that's clearly what this is and I think the Nets are not done because oh okay we see you adding another Hall of Famer I'm gonna raise you one and get this person and that person guess what they're gonna want to come over here because they're gonna want a ring that's the same reason why you got three to five other guys on the Lakers who are on the <laughs> Lakers because they want a ring yep. they're on one to two year deals mm-hmm. for 10 million dollars that's it they could have gotten more somewhere else but they want a ring and that's why they're here so you can't tell me they can't the Nets can't do the same thing even just before the season starts or right towards the beginning towards the middle that they won't do that because mm-hmm. I know for a fact that they will. They will. This is a purely, this is a pure battle right now before they even touch the floor. It's it's chess, not yes, checkers. It is. It is. That's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I just still, we just need to open it up now. Of course, the easy answer is as as we've said, Nets Lakers. If all stays healthy, no injuries or no other issues, yeah, it, they look like they're the predominant favorites, but. With free agency being two days in, the draft as well, I don't really think anybody should go into this season's with the mindset of it's a it's a two team race because you've seen the teams that have made these huge market shifting moves that in my mind help so much more and make me so much more excited for their potential battles against the Nets, the Bucks, or the Lakers and whoever the second seed, the Suns, since they brought back Chris Paul and they're mm-hmm. basically yeah. running it back with this whole team. The There are so many teams that we just need to keep an eye on. We should not, unfortunately, say it's a two-team race because, it, unfortunately, it's going to be a two-team race in each division when they get to the, the yeah. finals. Yeah. We just do need to take into consideration some of these other teams have made big steps, and we should always pay attention to those and not just scoff them off to the side. Like years prior where it's just like, meh, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're not somebody who and I, I consider And I hate a to do that. That's why I'm so upset, uh-huh. <laughs> especially with the Nets last season and the Lakers this season, because it feels like it's just scoffing everybody else's. No one else seems to like 
Like, it'll be good basketball if you're the fan of those teams. Oh, You're going to watch no matter what. I know you're going to watch the Nuggets no matter what. I'm going to watch the Mavs no matter what. Mm -hmm. Okay? But if it comes down to the like to the actual playoffs and we see Lakers running through everybody the Nets running through everybody in seven game series may not even get to seven if someone gets you to seven then you damn good job okay but I just you think they're gonna run through both and this is a little off topic but you think the Nets and the Lakers are just gonna blow through every single opponent that they face Honestly, and it's tough I, because we don't know what the bracket is. True, so, true, you know, true. The Nets might get a favorable bracket like the Suns did this year where mm-hmm. the people they've played had massive injuries that allowed them to easily walk, basically a cakewalk to the finals. We don't know that. But you believe that it's it could theoretically be a cakewalk with the Lakers and the Nets. If I'm saying kind of, yeah, like I said before earlier in the show, they get to game five, good for the other team that whoever the Lakers and Nets are playing with, even better if someone gets to game six. I just don't – it just doesn't seem fair to me. Mm-hmm. It, it really doesn't. I like to see that competition. This is like – these are like – these are beyond super teams to me. These are like two Team USA basketball teams. There you go. That's yeah. literally what it is against what essentially the rest of the world. <laughs> I'm thinking like this is 2008, two Team USAs, and everybody else is the rest of the world. I know. It, again, it's tough to predict the future and say it'll be a cakewalk for all these teams. Which I don't think it will this year. The West is going to be strong. Steph, Clay are going to be back. So is James true, Wiseman, true. of course. On the on the Eastern side, the Sixers will be running it back. Bulls, Hawks are going to be a threat. The Heat are gearing up to be a threat. Denver's going to be a threat whenever Jamal Murray gets back. There, it's not going to be a cakewalk, is what I will say. To keep to keep the devil's advocate, I see your point of these are basically 2008 and whatever 2012. U.S. champ, U.S. basketball Olympics, where they're just blitzing Nigeria by like eighty points. Yeah, that and I and I could see that because these rosters do look like stuff made out of a fantasy movie. But in reality, I just think there's going to be teams that just match so much better up against certain teams. Heat Nets not going to be an easy walk because the Heat got some serious defense, and if they can get into the minds of KD. Um, James Harden and Kyrie, which have been known for getting into having people get into their heads, then that would be an interesting battle. The Warriors, if they everything falls into place and they're healthy, that would be a tough battle for the Lakers or the Nuggets if Jamal Murray's back. So there are going to be tough teams matching up. We don't know what teams they'll match up in the playoffs. I just don't think, and I disagree with your opinion, it'll be a cakewalk in the moment. You're and we'll right. see. I, I definitely see what you're saying. I hope it's. I hope <laughs> it's not God. a cakewalk. <laughs> I really. I will. I love competition. I love defense. I love competition. I love all of that. And I hope. I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. I want something different. <laughs> like I want something totally, totally different. Because actually, I like this past uh, finals that we had. That was awesome. I, I oh loved my it. Because there were kind of two teams we didn't really expect to be Small there. Small market teams. Small market teams. Doing not it necessarily the right way. super teams. There you go. And I loved it. But now this just seems like back to now, super teams. Now back to super teams. Uh-huh. Like congratulations if you have two <laughs> stars on your one team, and gosh darn it, you made it, buddy. But if you don't have four, if you don't have four, then tough titties. Then that's where you're gonna be at. And I just don't like it. And I think it's gonna be great competition if it's like say the Warriors versus Utah Jazz, or if it's uh, 76ers and Miami. Those are going to be great games, and those are games I will definitely watch. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, to the finals, the NBA finals, I still think it's going to be the obvious Lakers <laughs> and the Nets. And I don't think there's much that we can do about it. Of course. 
And we'll see again. We'll see how the competition plays out following this free agency period and when NBA finally kicks back up in February, if I remember correctly. But it is now time... Well, not February. Sorry. What the hell am I saying? It's all right. It's one of the days. Late September, early October, if I remember correctly. But this is Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. I hope you're all having a tremendous day today. I am Paxton Gordon. That is, Jad, that is Jasmine Halliburton. You can reach Jasmine on her Twitter. Jasmine, what is your Twitter? It is Jays with it. That is J-A-Y-S-W-I-T it. I'm at Paxton Sports at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. Don't forget to tweet either Jasmine or myself with your opinion of the top five college football towns after we saw that Oxford, Mississippi, home of Ole Miss, was labeled, according to ESPN's Power Rankings, as the best college football town. You can tweet either at her Twitter or at my Twitter, at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. But how about we get some football in? Hey. You guys ready for some football? Because today was the first official day of padded practice. That means we are what? Oh, my God, 10 or 11 days away from the first preseason game? And the Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. Oh, my Cowboys my and the Steelers. God, that is right. I can't the wait. The NFL season is just around the corner, but if you're a fan of one Indianapolis Colts, I'm so sorry. Ooh-wee. You know, you've already got the unfortunate injury luck when Peyton Manning went down with his neck. Andrew Luck retired because he just got beat to death. Mm-hmm. By your crappy decisions on the offensive line. You trade for one Carson Wentz to potentially be your savior. But he is officially out 5 to 12 weeks with a foot injury. Don't know about that foot injury. And we'll get to Jasmine's medical experience to see what she thinks it could be. But here is CBS Sports breaking down the news that one Carson Wentz is out 5 to 12 weeks following surgery on an injured foot. Jonathan Jones, our CBS Sports NFL insider, joining us now for more on this breaking news with Carson Wentz, expected to miss at least five weeks, could be up to 12 weeks after having or planning to undergo surgery on his foot injury. So, JJ, give us the, the update on Carson Wentz and maybe when we can expect him back on the field for the Colts. Yeah, five to 12 weeks is a long time. That's that's like when you buy a new couch and eh, it'll be there between five and 12 weeks. We understand that this is a, a huge window. I, I think five weeks is far too optimistic. And I think that because anytime at this point in the season, in the preseason, if you're gonna be operating on a foot, you're gonna miss the first week of the season, the first couple weeks of the season, because more than it, you have the surgery right now to make sure that the injury isn't going to crop up later this year or into the future whatsoever. And so there's not really any reason to rush back. Obviously you wanna get back on the field as quickly as possible, but you don't want to uh, have any sort of setback. So I see five weeks, I hear people say, maybe he'll be there for the start of the season. I, I don't I don't think that we need to operate in in that optimistic of term. So we do not know this foot injury. Nope. There is no actual injury report saying what type of foot injury it is. But you being a kinesiology major, is that correct? Yes. I just want to make sure Got my degree. Th- that would have been so terribly hilarious if I messed it up right eh, here after bit. you said it like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes ago. But in your humble opinion, with the little evidence that you know they had to remove a bone. Part of, with part of the injury, what do you think it is? Ooh, because it's tough. I know we went it through is, this pre-game when we were doing a our pre-show. 
You were naming a lot of stuff. I, I really was because they said it was... It has something to do with a bone. And you can't just remove, really, a whole bone. (laughs) You kind of... They're there for a reason. (laughs) Okay, so you can't just take out... Oh, I'm just... Lob it off, baby. Like, I'm just going to take off this calcaneus, and that's your entire (laughs) heel. And, like, you don't need a heel. That's not something they're they're going to do. So... I would guess it's a bone spur where they're shaving uh-huh. off a piece of a bone mm-hmm. that it's kind of like irritating and some and really bad ones, you know, you have to get surgery for, okay, and okay. especially if you have to So this is worst case scenario? That's worst case scenario, but apparently it is worst case because he's getting surgery. <laughs> that's always a, any type of surgery, especially this late in the game when you're about to start the season, that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And foot injuries are super tricky because yes. they're saying five to 12 weeks and i know for a fact it's probably not going to be five weeks and if it is then Bless you're it. just going to risk him being hurt <laughs> even more because if it's not that going to be that same foot it's going to be something else because mm-hmm. when you're doing therapy and all this this that and the other you have a higher chance of injuring your other foot or another mm-hmm. part of your leg because you were so focused on just that certain injury now is a bone spur five to 12 weeks like worst case scenario well it depends on where it's at on again, what, on what bone it is because mm-hmm. we don't know they have not been specific about what bone it is what part of the foot that it is let's say worst worst case scenario in your opinion what's the worst case scenario of a bone spur like foot position wise is every spot every the- every spot really because <laughs> that that hurts that does hurt that that really that hurts <laughs> and it doesn't even matter where it's at because every time you step you're gonna feel something mm-hmm. every time you cut you're gonna feel something they're gonna wake you up in your sleep you're gonna feel something but is it five to twelve weeks or is it longer? Shoot. If, like worst case scenario. Worst, it would have to I 12 weeks is the safest. I would have to <laughs> wait wow. till say if you don't want to waste your money. Yeah, it's true. Okay, if you get like spend all this money and it sucks, now he's out for the whole season instead of like you get him back at maybe what week 7? You know? Maybe 5 maybe, weeks from right now would maybe it's, be if it's, uh, it's like week the max. 1, week 2, oh, 12 weeks? Yeah. Yeah, it would be around 6 or 7. Okay, so you want to at least wait till that long and not have a complete waste of money instead of him going back. Then he gets hurt again. <laughs> then you going you just gonna be up. What like you know what creek without a paddle? That's right. <laughs> and that's where you are gonna be, and that's where you are gonna stay. And it's so unfortunate because Carson Wentz. I can now say this because he's no longer an Eagle, like a uh, part of the Philadelphia Eagles. Because uh-huh. I hate them. Yep. As a Cowboys fan. Yep. That's no, comes that's with no comes with the package. That comes with it. But since he's gone, I'll be like, okay, now this dang, this really sucks. So one, I never cheer for any injury whatsoever because I hate injuries. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, dang, this man can't catch a break. <laughs> he hasn't been healthy since what his rookie season. Yep. Pretty much. Six. Wait, what, five years ago? Six years ago? Mm-hmm. He's been hurt every since. Still has not played. A, a full play season. Game. Like a, a, a playoff oh, game. Oh, my God, I forgot. We thought he was against the Seahawks a couple years ago, but nope, got a concussion first quarter. <laughs> oh, yes. Here comes McCowan. Tough, tough, tough That's luck. That's what it was. So but yeah, and, it, and, if he doesn't, and if he doesn't play um, a certain amount of games, mm-hmm. that pick that went to the Colts, I believe it was a first or a second rounder, moves down in, in value. So Yeah, the, the Philly would get a first rounder if they played more than 75 snaps this season. If, that's it? Yeah. If it's seventy five percent of snaps, my fault. If that he is, plays oh, seventy okay, okay. if he plays set more than seventy five percent of snaps, Philly will get the first round. But if he comes back at sort of like weeks week five, week six or whatever they're not getting that, so there's going to be, <laughs> gonna be congrats, tough. it's a second-round pick. Yeah, so anyway, that'll do it here for Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. Jasmine, hit me, hit me with your Twitter. It is at Jays, with it, J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-It. And I am Paxton Gordon. You can reach me at Paxton Sports, at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. Don't forget to tweet us about your top five 
college football towns. And remember, create a punishment for Jasmine when it comes to if Kawhi Leonard joins the Thunder, not the Thunder, the Mavericks. We will see you all tomorrow for more Sports Talk.